We said Laura is going to be talking on the subject of sponsorship, so we'll invite you up now, and we're excited to hear what you have to say. Hey, everybody! I'm Laura Will. I'm an alcoholic, and you guys don't leave me much room to sprawl my book around up here. Um, my sobriety date is September sixth, two thousand eleven. I have a home group, which is the Monday Night Discovery Meeting. Uh, we use literature to study Step 6 and 7. And I have a sponsor who has a sponsor. And, um, you know, I think there was only a period of time in my life that I was sponsorless or sponsoring myself for about three weeks. Um, when I, I got sober in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. I did not go to a rehab. I didn't go through detox. None of that where they give you a lot of information in a short amount of time. I came in, you know, sick and tired of being sick and tired, um, you know, and plumped my butt down in the seat and, you know, just kind of did what they told me to do. So, uh, if the format is accurate, or maybe I should have listened to some of the other speakers in advance of coming up here. You know, I, I didn't realize you guys had all this resources for me to cheat, but uh, nothing like pressure, you know, where I heard the other speakers were really good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all I can tell you about is, is my experience. Um, and my experience with sponsorship started out with a girl's name on a slip of paper. Um, you know, I was, I was looking for a sponsor, I was talking to the, uh, a woman about, you know, sponsors and, and um, she said, well, let me ask my sponsor if I can sponsor you, because she was approaching a year of sobriety. And her sponsor said, no, she couldn't sponsor me, but she gave me a, a piece of paper with this girl's name on it. Now, I had regularly attended the um, Tuesday Edinburgh Women's meeting and you know there I would I would come to them with a lot of my questions you know um, a lot of good long-term sobriety out there and I remember asking one time well uh, you know what should I be looking for in a sponsor and a woman who's on the screen <laughs> hi Helen uh, she said <laughs> Helen said to me find somebody with time now she said find somebody with time but what I heard was find somebody with time for me. Okay, so you know when this when this slip of paper was handed to me with this young girl's name on it, you know she she was two years sober and clean. Um, her and you know when I called her and I asked her to sponsor me, uh, she didn't say yes or no. She said call me every day for 30 days and we'll we'll start the steps. So, you know, not knowing any different, I called this woman for 30 days, and we, got, we started the steps. She took me through the steps, and, and I must have been on step three at a decent point, you know, with my sobriety date being in September, I had to be on step three, you know, somewhat quickly, because when it came time to step three, um, we sat outside on a bridge that crosses Seagull Marsh Creek behind my house, and it was out there we talked about God and we talked about making that decision to continue on with the steps and uh, out there I was able to you know start creating a God of my understanding and I like to call that God Franken God because her God was kinda like build a build a bear God you know and she took little pieces of your stuff well I took some other pieces of your stuff and and I created this God that I could pray to 
Uh, we got down on our knees in the fall in the nature and it was just such a very memorable uh, experience. Uh, I got through my steps. I was about 10 months sober. Um, I did my first lead at the club, um, you know, and, and I will tell you that, that this first girl, her name was Laura, Laura S. Um, I was 44 when I got sober and she was 24, so she could have been my kid. Um, she didn't, you know, have a lot of the experiences that I was going through in sobriety. So, you know, she really told me to use those phone numbers to build up that network of sober women. And I did that. Uh, one of the first things she did for me was she said, we're going to go to this women's Christmas party down in Newcastle. And I said, okay. And as soon as I said, okay, my brain is like trying to figure out a lie to, try to get out of this. <laughs> Um, but I went to that Christmas party and I met a lot of people and when I went back in the spring for a Now What conference, a lot of those women remembered my name. And I'll tell you, you know what, that is such a, a powerful thing to feel like, you know what, I do belong here. You know, I am a person, you do, you do see me. Because I went through a lot of my life thinking people did not see me. I mean, as loud and obnoxious as I am, I think that's part of the, you know, uh, you know, look at me. So anyway, um, she gave me that gift of um, the unity in, in the fellowship of the women of AA. Um, I had an awful lot of phone numbers, you know, from making those trips down to Newcastle and, and meeting a lot of people down there. Um, I was, well, Emmy D, for those of you who know Emmy, Emmy was my first great-grand sponsor. Barb Nichols was my first grand sponsor. And Barb would ask me questions all the time. She'd call me, how you doing, kid? You know, and, and uh, I'd tell her, oh, this is what's going on. Why aren't you using those phone numbers? And I said, because I feel like I'm using you. And she said, use us. That's what we're here for, right? Um, so I had to learn how to use uh, my sponsor. I had to learn how to use my grand sponsor uh, if my sponsor wasn't available. I had to learn how to use my network of people, my sisters, uh, in this sobriety thing. So after that first lead, uh, I did end up changing sponsors. Uh, that first sponsor, Laura, she, um, she went away for a little while because um, her father died of this disease. And when she came back, uh, something was disconnected. And um, we had gone out for coffee, and you know, as she was talking, she she said, "Nothing changes if nothing changes." And I really believe God was talking to her. And I said, "I really think it's time for me to change sponsors." And she said, "Laura, you outgrew me a long time ago." Because I was busy going to meetings, I was busy being in the middle of AA. She had started to let the things that AA gave her take her away. She had started going to school, she had gotten into a relationship, she started a job, you know, and, and her meeting count, not that it's my business to keep track of it, but it did start to dwindle down. Um, and then she, you know, when we had that conversation, she said, I'm going to take a break from the program. Well, you know, people who have heard me talk, you've heard me talk about her before because it was only a couple years before we buried her. So, you know, God gives me gifts, you know, and a lot of lessons, you know, in other people. That gift is, Laura, don't take a break from the program. You know, this is a live or die thing for me, and I choose to live today. You know, each morning when I roll out of bed and I hit my knees and I do that third and seventh step prayer, which was suggested of me by that first sponsor. 
You know, I'm committing myself to another day of continued sobriety. And at the end of the day, I simply say thank you, laying in bed, and it, it's, you know, me and God are cool with that. Um, so I changed sponsors. My current sponsor, Laura B, is online. Hello. Um, so <laughs> I called her that night, you know, after after me and this girl had that conversation, and and uh, I said, hey, would you? Because because she kept popping up places. She she kept showing up. You know, I'd go out for Chinese food, and there she is. Oh, I, I recognize her. You know, I remember one time being down at Hammett Hospital, um, you know, and here she comes out of the elevator, you know, and oh, there she is again, you know, and God kept putting her in my path. And one day, it was prior to uh, that conversation, I, I, I called her up and I said, hey, I know you like to walk. Would you like to get together and walk at lunchtime? Oh, that's a great idea. You know, I have some questions I want to ask you, right? So my side of the story is I'm asking her questions about sponsorship. And her version is that I was interviewing her for the position. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, when I, when I called her that night and I said, uh, would you sponsor me? You know what she said to me? She didn't say yes or no. She said, call me every day for 30 days and we're going to do the steps. You know, so I got, I got to do the steps again, um, you know, with close to a year sober. Uh, and, you know, every time I do the steps, I'm in a totally different place. Uh, I sponsor today. I, I have a head count of seven girls. <laughs> and, and I like to say I actively sponsor active sponsees. Okay? Because if you're not active, you're not in my head count. <laughs> and that's, that's the truth of it. Um, the girls that I sponsor, uh, one of them actually, she, she relocated from Edinburgh and she's down in um, New Mexico for a period of time. You know, and I told her, when you get down there, I want you to get a sponsor. I want you to get somebody that you can work with face-to-face, -face, you know. And here she calls me and it, weekly. She still touches base because she wants me to sponsor her when she comes back. So we stay connected. And she says, I'm on step five already, you know. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> you know, because she got a sponsor that can't motivate her like I was trying to, you know. Um, I've had people uh, approach me and, you know, say, oh, I hear you're a, a kick-ass sponsor, you know, and blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I don't feel that way. I, I sponsor the way that I was sponsored. And I was nurtured. And I was loved. And I was gently guided through a lot of things. I was never told what I had to or couldn't do. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't... Uh, I didn't have to do step one for my first year, you know, some of these things that I, he I hear about other people, you know, I, and, and I say, you know what, sponsor the way you were sponsored, because that's, that's, you know, the only example you really have. So some things that I do a little bit different um, are, you know, I read through Bill's story, well, I read through the doctor's opinion out loud with my girls, and I read through Bill's story out loud with my girls. Uh, I was told to read that by myself with a highlighter and a, pad, a pen and paper, you know, and, and then we'd talk about those points that I could identify with. And I had a girl that I, I was sponsoring, um, you know, and I kept waiting for her to get done with these readings. When are you going to get done with these readings? What's going on? You know, finally one day she came clean and she says, I'm not a good reader. And I said, oh, okay, you know. And I, ch and I changed my sponsoring to kind of 
adjust for the lessons that I'm learning. And uh, so, you know, I, I believe in reading that, you know, and I believe in, I like this because they talked about this at the, um, at the conference I was at this weekend. You know, read your, read your big book with your sponsor and stop at every period and talk about it. Oh, wow, that's something I haven't done. You know, usually we read a page and talk about a page, read a page and talk about a page. But, you know, uh, I, I really kind of liked that read until you get to a period and then talk about it. Um, it helped me a lot. Because, uh, you know, I mean, I could read the big book with my level of understanding and experience, you know, and I could not get the things out of the big book that people who have had the experience with the big book have. Um, so I think that that's still a very valuable uh, sponsorship tool. One of the things my first sponsor also asked me to do was to give my disease a face or an image, something that when I was struggling, I could kind of look at and I could visualize because I'm a very visual person, okay? And my disease looks like this, okay? And my disease also looks like this, okay? When I take those first couple drinks, you know, I, my disease makes me look like a really pretty princess, you know? I'm, 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 you know? Everybody sees me now, right? Um, but you know, during, during my drinking, I cross a line and I become this ugly old vile woman. You know, and that's usually the wench that I wake up to in the morning. Uh, you know, and then a couple drinks gets me back to pretty. But, uh, so she asked me to visualize that. And you know, I didn't know why, um, but if you read page two of Bill's story, um, out of this alloy of drink and speculation, I commenced to forge the weapon that would one day turn in its flight like a boomerang and all but cut me to ribbons. Bill described what his disease looked like too. And I, and I really liked to be able to identify with that. Another gift, you know, get the big book dictionary. Um, my current sponsor, she's all about the acceptance pamphlet. I can hear her voice in my head, you know, when, when it comes time. Another thing uh, I've learned is, you know, when people do have these questions about sponsorship, go to the literature. Give them the, give them the pamphlets, uh, you know, read the pamphlets with them so that they, they understand. Um, I think really, you know, for me, my sponsor and being a sponsor is like that guide. It, you know, it's just like you, you, you get a guide to, to kind of help walk you through the process, uh, to help you find your way, to help you, you know, get your feet on the path. Um, get through the steps with that person, you know, and I know a lot of people still contact their sponsors daily. You know, I, I said I'm going to try to be better and contact my sponsor weekly because I do. I go, I go for long periods of time, but, you know, my sponsorship all knows that I am so ingrained in my network. Um, you know, and, and I, truthfully, I have, uh, you know, anybody who has been in my sponsorship family, you know, it's not like when things change that they get rid of me. I still consider them grand sponsors. I still consider them sisters in sobriety and things like that. So like a bad penny, I keep turning up. Um, you know, and I also have unofficial sponsors. You know, and that includes a lot of men in the room. 
you know, these guys that I could sit with at, the, at their dinner table and just, you know, throw my crap out there and, and ask for a little bit of guidance and help. And, and it has just been an amazing journey for me. Um, but, you know, that very first phone call I made after my very first meeting was to a guy named Jack A. And Jack said, guys with guys and girls with girls. And I do, uh, I do like to, you know, continue to remind people that that is so critical in this program and in our emotional well-being. Um, so, has it been 20 minutes yet? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I, I really kind of think I've exhausted, you know, myself on the sponsorship, so I guess it, it is open to questions and answer time. Thanks for listening to me. Thank you, Laura. So if you have a question, raise your hand. No questions, only eating. Oh. <laughs> hey, Laura, I'm Bridget. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Bridget. Thank you for uh, standing up there and talking about sponsorship. And uh, you're, you're someone who's on all cylinders. You always have been. And, and I really enjoyed uh, being with you and seeing you this evening. But I know, because of the work you do in your, your profession, there have been times when you're actually far away. Mm -hmm. So how are you managing that when you're out of the country and you're actually thousands of miles away because of the job that you have to do? How have you been able to maintain your connection with your, uh, your sponsees? Great question, Bridget. Um, I, I actually, I had a couple girls um, during my, my travels to India. Uh, a couple years ago, I spent 16 and a half weeks in India. Um, and several visits, you know, I mean, the longest one was six and a half weeks. But during that time, I asked my girls to call my sponsor. Okay. Because I feel that my sponsorship family, you know, they're learning from who I learned from. And they're carrying that. Um, and then I stay connected via text messages and, and emails, mm -hmm. um, you know, an occasional phone call or a Zoom meeting, mm -hmm. you know, where I get to see them. But, you know, that's, that's something that I had to do because of the, the time difference, mm -hmm. 10 and a half hour time mm -hmm. difference. Uh, it was a challenge. One of the girls that I sponsored, you know, she was told she needed to find somebody else. Uh, you know, and I had gotten her through like nine steps, you know, but that's okay you know that God has a plan for all of us and she has a wonderful sponsor and she's really you know bloomed and, and grown and and I just I feel like you know if I did just a little part mm -hmm. you know um, then you know God's satisfied with my with my activities thank you for answering yeah. that that was a that was a great way to solve that I wondered how you did that because you know for future reference mm -hmm. thank you else has a question and if you're on zoom and you have a question just speak up when there's an opportunity to do so Aaron alcoholic hi Aaron this is the misbehaving I, um, I corner back here I'm not, gonna, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not gonna get into it Laura thank you for sharing I did one of um, if you were even looking remotely back here at this bad group of kids um, you would have noticed my jaw drop when you said seven women so 
you can't start at like step one and call every day with seven people. So you sort of, you say, well, I can take you because you're, I'm about done with this one. I, how do you manage that is, is really exactly my question. Exactly that way. Exactly that way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, when I say I sponsor seven women, I have two that are actively going through the steps right now. You know, I have the one that's that's out of the area working steps with somebody else, but you know, retaining me as her permanent sponsor. So, um, my one girl is on step ten, and my other girl is getting ready to do a step five this weekend. You know, so I, I do I, I stagger them, but you know, it keeps me in the steps. Well, no, no. No, no, because sometimes what I'll do is I'll suggest one of the girls that I sponsor to sponsor them, okay? You know what, if you like my sponsoring, you know, if you like what I got, I gave it to her. I gave it to her. I gave it to her. These are some very viable names for you. Thanks. Yeah. Hi, Laura. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. The question I have is... Uh, it's nice to see you, besides, great see always you. great to see you. Um, the benefits of sponsorship are tremendous. But, and I usually ask this question to people, but we lose people. And what I wanted to, for you to share maybe is, it hurts. And, but we don't stop. And that's that's a big benefit of of sobriety. How do you feel about that? I I hurt when people disappear. I mean, it, it's I actually um, you know if I'm actively sponsoring a girl and and you know she stops calling me, I will reach out a few times, you know, to just to check in. Are you okay? Is is everything going well? Did you find somebody else to work with? I have no problems for somebody to say, Laura, you are not a good fit for me. You know, I need something, I need somebody tougher. I need somebody, you know, more motivated. I don't know. I need somebody who doesn't go to India for 16 weeks. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, this program, we all want everybody to succeed, but we have a disease, right, that doesn't allow a good percentage of us to succeed. You know, we have people who overthink the steps. Uh, other, you know, I have a really hard time when I'm asked to sponsor women who have a lot more sobriety than I do. Um, you know, it, it's, I had a wave of, of women who were like, ooh, at least five to 15 years more sober, you know, with more sober time, let's put it that way. Um, and I have a really hard time sponsoring them because, I mean, I, I, I know how to take girls through the steps, right? I don't know how to just be that name. Um, also, I had a thought on this and hang on a minute. You know, what, relapse. Relapse is not part of my story. So I don't, I don't do well with, with the relapsers or the chronic relapsers. You know, I mean, I, I will try, you know, but there, there does come a time when I say, you know what, I don't, I don't think I'm the right person for you. You, you know, you're just not doing, you know, the things that I've done. You tell me you're willing to do these things, but, you know, you're not doing them with me. And, and I've seen other women, you know, that I've had to let go succeed as well. Um, I've seen other ones not get sponsors again, and, and I'm, I'm 
very sorry for that, you know, because like for me, I think I would have done whatever it took to stay sober. And I, I still think I would do whatever it takes to stay sober. Um, but, you know, I don't know why some people have the drive and don't, and others don't. And it does, it hurts my heart every time. Um, but, you know, when you hear about that thick skin, you know, I think that kind of falls into the sponsorship realm as well. You know, it's not just our emotional sobriety, but it is our relationships and that job that we perform in AA. We, you know, we have to get a little tougher skin, you know, because we don't all make it. Hopefully that answers your question. Who's next? Lock and load, girl. <laughs> you know how he is. <laughs> Hi, Laura. Um, so what do you do? One of the things that I've been running up against a lot in basically the last 10 years is I have a lot of women asking me to sponsor them who are alcoholics. How do you, how do you handle that? I've, I've sponsored a number of girls that are not in this program, okay, um, that have been at the Gage House. I, I've had a lot of, uh, you know, with the Gage House seems to be very, very supportive with getting their clients in the steps as quick as possible. So, you know, getting a sponsor is very important for the people who want to get out of Gage House and have a chance. Uh, I've sponsored probably four women successfully at the Gage House that have come out and continued and finished their steps. But one of the first things I'll tell them is I've, I'm not in NA, I'm not in one of the other fellowships, I am in Alcoholics Anonymous. I can only take you through the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous because those are the only steps I know how to do. And if you're willing to do that, I will sponsor you. And the girls are committed to going through the steps of AA you know, they fill in the blank. I, I, you know, it's not for me to, but, you know, these girls need sponsorship too. And I, I find we have, in AA, we're so very blessed with, with these, these wonderful um, networks and these resources and everything that we are attractive to them, you know. And I find a lot of times that alcohol was their first love. They've just chosen other, uh, they've made other choices. And, you know, that's why they think, you know, they're the other way. But I, th I think the steps of AA help people regardless of, of the program. I just try to be straight up with them. Thank you. Who else has a question? What about on Zoom? Does anybody on Zoom have a question? Do you use a particular textbook or worksheets when you do the steps? Yes. <laughs> the first time I went through the steps, I went through them using the big book in the 12 and 12. Um, and I made up the, uh, the Bill Wilson type format um, to do steps four and five. Um, I was at, I was handed some additional resources at that time. 
Uh, my current sponsor, she likes to use The Steps We Took by Joe McHugh. And I have found that to be a very good uh, resource. I love the fact that, you know, he breaks out some of those appendixes in the back that, you know, in areas where people are challenged. So I think he, he does a, a pretty good job of, of simplifying, you know, what could already be viewed as simple, you know. I mean, <laughs> 164 pages of, you know, instructions. Um, but I do, I, I and, and the girls that I sponsor seem to, to like the steps we took as well. Um, so that is more and more frequent. Um, recently, uh, well, my one girl, she, um, you know, she was into the steps and then she stalled. And, you know, she was one of those that I would check in with, you know, she was, she, she had to get some medication adjusted, right? So she disappeared, I want to say six months to a year. Um, but she, you know, she still touched base with me. Yes, I'm still alive and I'm not, I'm sober and I want to get back in, but, you know, here's what's going on. And so with her, I said, you know, she said, well, I want to start where I left off. And I said, I don't want you to start where you left off. You know, I, I want you to kind of go through a, a review. So what we did was we went back and we, we used the book and we went back through the steps using the book so that she could make sure that she had addressed, you know, all the things that she needed to address and that we, we finally moved on, you know, and did it steps eight and nine. And, you know, as soon as we were done with nine, she's got three amends lined up and ready to go. And I said, you knock those out and, you know, well, let's get going through the rest of the steps because, you know, I really do believe the key is getting through the steps. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. The beauty of the steps is we can do the steps over and over and over. You know, we can we can brush up on those ones. We can do another four and five. We can, you know, add people to our to our eight. We can do the nines every chance, you know, and, and we can start to look at ourselves. You know, so I think it's it's a getting them through. It's like um, maybe for some people reading a chapter of a textbook for the first time and then going back through it and rereading it and taking those notes and, and you know, getting into it a little bit more. So, um, yeah, I, I like to use a lot of the different literature. I also, here's a couple of things that I've found handy, is uh, sharing with my girls the grief process and understanding how to look at um, different things through the eyes of grief. Where am I at in this process? This relationship changed. My friend doesn't like me anymore, you know, or I'm, you know, and, and everything changes. And if I look at change through the eyes of grief, you know, here's where I'm at until I get to that acceptance point. Another area I also like to do is to find out what is their love language. And I know this is not AA related at all. But it helps us to talk to one another. It helps me to understand, you know, what is it that you need and how do I need to, to talk to you, you know. And, and uh, you know, I've learned a lot about myself and I share what I learn about myself with those girls and it just seems to make our, our relationship more rich. Second question. You're very involved with service. <laughs> how much do you try to stress that with your sponsees? Oh, I, I try to get them involved as soon as possible. Uh, my sponsor is really big on rotation of service. You know, the two-year commitment, and then, you know, you, it's time to hand that commitment off to somebody else. Um, you know, and that's very important because I, I don't want them to be burned out either. Because, I mean, I've seen people, my first home group, um, 
the treasurer had been the treasurer forever, it seemed. You know, the secretary, the only reason why she let me uh, to take over the secretary role was because she, her car wasn't running anymore, you know, so she had to find some, some meetings in town. You know, um, but my sponsor is really big on that rotation of service. And I like to share that because that's what I know as well. So, you know, I am busy in AA, but I'm not always holding the same position. And that's what I was taught. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Laura. All right. Thanks, Paige. Who else has a question? Right, go ahead, Helen. Oh, I was wondering if there was someone asking a question in the room. Y yes. <laughs> I'm Ryan, I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Ryan. Hey, um, thanks. Do you expect your sponsees to regularly attend the same meetings that you attend? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great, great question. Um, I would like my sponsees to at least attend one meeting a week that I go to. I ask my sponsees to consider when they're starting to make up their meeting plan is to find a gender specific meeting, okay? You, you know, find a, find a women's meeting, um, you know, and, and at, give it a try, all right? I also ask them to find a literature meeting. And I think the Cherry Street Big Book meeting is, a, is like a double win for girls to get going to, you know, girl chick meeting and a book study, you know, and, and I think that, that helps to develop them. I also would like them to go to one lead meeting a week. You know, so there's only, you know, those recommendations, but, you know, those meetings that they find, those meetings that they, they go to with regularity, you know, after we're done with the steps, it's really kind of on them. Right? Yeah. Helen, did you have a question? Yeah, I do have a question. Helen, I'll call it. Uh, thanks for sharing with us tonight, Laura. <laughs> I had a situation and I'd like to hear what you would do in it. Uh -oh. In uh, working the eight step, um, it, one of the people came up that uh, the spo my sponsee needed to make amends to, and she was very, very, very hesitant. And we talked it out a whole lot. In fact, it went so far as she reminded me of a, an amends I owed that I had not made yet. But she is still re reluctant to make that ninth step amend with that person from her past. Uh, how do you handle that? Well, I, I guess I have to try to walk in their shoes, um, you know, and understand what where they're coming from, that they're not able to, to make that direct amend. Um, you know, I have to look at the fact, you know, can 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 this be a living amend? If it's if it's one of those things that's going to be a detriment to your sobriety. I mean, I, I'm I'm nobody's judge and jury to say, you know what, you did that step right or you did that step wrong. Right. Step nine, you know, we make direct amends to such people where, where possible, except when to do so would injure them or others, right? Well, we can be the others. Uh, I've seen people go into full-out panic attacks, you know, as a result of trying to do something that they, they just really, 
you know, they can do it five years from now and, and get through it, right? Um, I don't know if, if, you know, the old timers are going to like to hear that, but, you know, I, I really want to safeguard the individual's fragile sobriety. Uh, doesn't mean that you're not responsible to do the steps. You know, there will come a time when that willingness, um, you know, will be very apparent. Um, with some of my girls, we role play, and that's what I, I did with my, my one. I, you know, I, I became her mom, um, you know, while she practiced her first amend. Um, you know, and I, what a beautiful amend she made. You know, and, and she was able to then go out and do that. So sometimes maybe it's a little bit more practice. Maybe it's a little bit more digging into, okay, you know, what, what is blocking you? You know, because really, you know, we want to unblock ourselves from the sunlight of the spirit through the steps. Um, but, you know, I don't have a, a, you know, a real good answer, you know, for that because I don't, I don't know that I've ever encountered that. Uh, one thing I do do is, you know, when we're doing four and five, um, you know, they've got their list. And after we get done with four and five, we take that list outside and we burn it, right? And if you read through the big book, we've made our list for step eight in four and five. You burnt my list, right? So what I do is I, I keep a little index card. And I, I, I take that and I write down the names that they're talking to me about on that. And I slip it into an envelope and I seal it up and I write their name on it. So when they're ready for step eight, I pull out their envelope and I say, okay, here's, here's the start. Now let's talk about who else needs to go onto that list and, and how we're going to address those. And put them into the columns, you know, and, and if they shift in the columns, you know, that's, that's their business. You know, I, I, I really ask them to do the ones that are in the right now column, and we talk about the importance of those ones, but then we've got the, the maybe and maybe not and the nevers. Um, and I know I myself had nevers that turned into, yeah, that person was right in front of me, God was ripping at my guts, and I had to make that amend or I wasn't going to sleep that night. So that's what I have, Helen. Thank you, Laura. Thanks a lot. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? Hello, Laura. Jeff, alcoholic. Thank you for a great presentation. Just a couple quick questions. Uh, how often do you contact your sponsor today? <laughs> I said I was trying to get better and go weekly. <laughs> <laughs> Since she's here, you got to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I called her at the beginning of the year, and I said. <gasps> I'm calling to try to be better. <laughs> we, we actually, um, you know, we like to try to get together at least once a month. And, you know, life gets in the way sometimes, you know. So I don't, I don't often get to see her because we don't go to the same meetings. Um, but, you know, I, she knows that I'm, I'm connected. She knows where I'm at. And I know how to get a hold of her when, you know, I, I'm like absolutely, you know, being crippled by something, which, you know, thankfully hasn't happened in a long time <laughs> you know yeah secondly I guess is uh, the sponsor sponsor's relationship when do you find it morphs into something more than just that relationship oh it doesn't take long at all it really I, I think I think reading through the steps or, or reading um, reading the doctor's opinion, reading Bill's story out loud together, you know, it takes some time. We do a lot of talking about those things. We start to get to know each other, you know. 
uh, the vulnerability involved in step four and five, you know, uh, and the identification with that person, you know, when, when they're able to feel safe with you and you're able to feel safe with them, um, you know, it, what a powerful thing. And I think, uh, you know, as they're getting through, yeah, I have a job to do, but I see that friendship, you know, I see that bond, uh, that sisterhood or whatever, you know, it, it's called, it happens. So I have not had a sponsee yet who has just been a job. I've had, you know, probably every one of my sponsees, those who have gotten through all the steps and even those who didn't get through all the steps. You know, we've, we've got a, a friendship or a relationship that I wouldn't trade for anything. Gift of the program. Anybody else? More time to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's it, thank you, Laura.